Being in a bad marriage or relationship can make your life miserable. But staying in a bad marriage or relationship is not only miserable, but it should be unacceptable. Getting out and moving on may seem impossible, but it doesn't have to be. Welcome to Start Over, Find Happiness with Lindsay Ellison. Each episode, Lindsay offers guidance and inspiration on how to navigate your uncertain relationships. Whether you're newly divorced or single, or just thinking about whether the marriage or relationship is right for you, Lindsay uncovers all the pain points, including the stuff no one dares to talk about. Learn about dating after divorce, good sex, bad sex, the importance of self-love, setting boundaries, how to find love again, and Lindsay's own journey of divorce and rediscovery that has inspired millions of women around the world. This is Start Over, Find Happiness with Lindsay Ellison on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Start Over, Find Happiness. It is an incredibly hot day here in Annapolis, Maryland. So hot and humid. I think it's about to be 100 degrees. So wherever you are listening to this, I hope you're cool and comfortable. I am going to be talking about something that actually personally drives me crazy, something that I'm not very good at doing, and that is basically maintaining my own health and maybe my weight, what I eat, um, and, and just the overall kind of wellness in the food that I take in. Now... If you were to look at me, you would never know that. I am, you know, slim. Um, I, I'm not overweight, but it's something that um, I probably don't eat enough. And I do find that my outside external circumstances, whatever's going on in my life, obviously really affect uh, what I do and how I work out and whether I even work out or not and what I eat. And I remember when I was going through my own divorce, I think I lost about 30 pounds, not eating anything. Um, So I was the opposite of an emotional eater. I didn't eat at all. And um, I think there's the um, people who take different extremes. When we're stressed, we have emotional eating. When we're stressed, we sometimes don't eat at all. So today I have brought on Dr. Julie Coffey, who is a family doctor in the UK, and she has expertise in helping people lose weight and improve their health naturally. And she writes a really neat weekly health blog, a weight loss blog as well, and is the author of Living the Slim Life and creator of several online programs, including Uber Slim and Uber Energy. So Julie, welcome to the show. Hi, Lindsay. Uh, thank you for having me on. Well, it's, um, I'm sure you heard my introduction, and it's something that I, you know, whenever I read books, whenever I watch any TV shows about eating well, it, it's so, it's just so, it's so logical. It makes sense. Mm. Yet why, why do we have such a hard time applying logic to our health why are we so why do we sabotage it constantly well that's that's a really good question Lindsay um you know most people well nearly everybody know how to to eat better 
and know that they perhaps should be doing a little bit more activity than they are. You know, we all know that and we don't need to go to books and courses to find out what we already know. Um, it's because it's it's a mindset thing. Um, you know, when, me, when people want to improve their health or, or lose weight, they tend to look on the outside for the answer rather than where the answer really is. It's on the inside. And looking on the outside, most people will go for some kind of diet. Um, and diets can boast a, you know, a spectacular and stunning success rate of about 5%, which means 95% of the time they fail. Um, and that's because, you know, diets kind of just tell you what to do. Um, and none of us like being told what to do. Um, it doesn't make any change to the, the mindset. Um, and, you know, as you probably know, people can do one diet after another. The weight can go up and down, but generally on the upward upward uh, trajectory. Because uh, diets really are a really poor imitation of what slim and healthy people actually do. Um, and I, I feel that a lot of people don't realise that being slim and healthy is actually a life skill. It's a skill. And like any skill, if you haven't got it running in your mindset, you actually need to learn it before you can actually do it. Interesting. So it's a mindset. And what kind of mindset are you suggesting we be in? <laughs> well, the first the first thing, Lindsay with with a mindset thing is knowing what it is that you want for your for your body and for your health because i find a lot of the people i work with have overweight issues and when i ask them what they want they give me a whole list of things that actually is what they don't want they'll say things to me like mm. i don't want to be fat i don't want to be overweight um i don't want to have sore knees um you know i don't want to be lethargic and they give me all of this list um, and as they're repeating all of this stuff, very much their their mind is focused on on all of that. And I say, yeah, OK, you've told me everything that you don't want. Now tell me what you do want. And some people look at me quizzically at that point because they've not really, <laughs> truly thought about what it is that they want. And I'm putting them on the spot and they have to think about it. Uh, I mean, that just sounds silly, but that's what a lot of us do when we're we're stuck with something we're so stuck looking at where we are and complaining about it that we've not really sat down and identified truly what it is that we want um and if we haven't got if we haven't got that bit of the puzzle then it's like getting in your car and and not knowing where you're going <laughs> you yeah. know you're not you're not going to get very far um and if you do set off you'll be back to your starting point quite soon if you don't know where you're going so that's kind of one big area where a lot of people tend to go wrong um and you know and I've gone wrong with that in other areas of my life you know you, you kind of get stuck with all kind of thing and you have to sit down and think about well I don't want this clearly because it's making me unhappy what is it that I do want and, and making a decision a decision about that well what about the answer and first of all I was laughing because that's a that's a typical thing that I find in my coaching practice I ask women, what do you want when it comes to a relationship or what do they want in their current relationship or what do they want in a future one? And they, I get the same deer in the headlights uh, reaction. They're like, what? No one's ever asked me that before. <laughs> yeah, I, I get the same. Exactly the same when it comes to health and weight. Yeah. So what happens, though, when someone says, all right, I want to lose 30 pounds? That's a want. Is that really a want? It doesn't mean very much, really. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't mean very much. Um, it doesn't. It's not very inspiring. 
usually if somebody says something like that to me, they've got a glum look on their face because they're thinking about the £30 that they've got to lose. And lose is a very negative kind of word in itself anyway. Whereas if somebody said, I've got this fabulous pair of white jeans that I want to get into, and underneath that, you would have to lose £30 to get in them. But you can imagine yourself in these beautiful jeans looking really hot you know that's different if you're saying the same thing in a different way um but it's got a bit of passion in there you know when you think about yourself looking gorgeous you can feel happy about that but just a very bland flat i want to lose 30 pounds it's got you know that's not going to motivate it's not going to motivate you to change right so i'm gonna it's it's kind of fortuitous that um i'm on the phone with you today because as of late, I have been really struggling with getting on top of my health situation. And I'm going to use me as an example only because why not? I'm here and people could probably and hopefully relate to it. But I am your classic yo-yo, uh, I wouldn't say so much dieter, but you you mentioned it and you kind of hit, hit a nerve by saying... Um, you have to be told what to do. And, and actually, that's how I tend to respond. Um, I feel as though I have to be told what to do and I have to have specific, this is what you're allowed and what you're not allowed. And the last quote-unquote diet I went on was just basically food and portion control. And, and I had a list on my fridge and what I and I could make eat whatever I wanted, but it was just to a limit. And I did very well with it. You know, it came with little colored cups and portions, and I did really well, um, as classic Lindsay does, for a few weeks. And then I go away, just even for the weekend, and I completely abandon it. And then I go through this mindset of I'm really mad at myself. And then every day I say, tomorrow I'll do it, I'll try again. And now I have built up a little bit of a resentment towards that thing that I was doing. Now I'm pissed off that I've abandoned that. Does that sound familiar to people? Is that a common thing? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is a common thing. Um, and, and it's interesting that you said on the one hand that, that you like being told what to do, but then very quickly you don't like being told what to do. Um, and then, it, you know, it all goes belly up and you stop doing what you're told to do. Um, yeah, and everybody, you know, nearly everybody that that tries to fix this problem from the outside with some kind of prescriptive diet plan, nearly everybody, 95% of people will fail and fail repeatedly because, you know, we, as a human being, we, we're not, we don't want to have these kind of restrictions on us. Um, and, and added to that, you know, in, in the US and where I am in the UK, you've got unlimited choice and naughtiness and all sorts of temptations around you. And as soon as you tell yourself you can't have something, you want it, don't you? Forbidden free. Oh, absolutely. It, it just becomes all the more like, I want it, I want it, I want it now. And I have loads of it because I've not had it for a week or two. Um, so it's, 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 it's normal human nature. You know, diets, I, I was writing a piece today, diets, one of the reasons that they fail is because it's completely the wrong tool for the job. You know, in theory, it sounds good. You know, here, here's what you eat, here's how much you eat, um, and do this and you'll lose weight. But, you, you know, you have to do that for the rest of your life, and that's just not normal. You have to be 
I don't know, mentally ill to be able to carry on that for the rest of your life. It's just mad. And none of us can do that. Um, I, I kind of use the analogy that, you know, I've, I've got a nice lawn out in the back of my garden. In theory, I could cut that with a pair of nail scissors. But in practice, that's stupid because it's right. the wrong sort of job. Um, and when you begin to understand... Well, let me, let, me, let, me, let me cut you off there for a second because we're about to go on to our first break. Okay. And you mentioned something that I really want to visit, and that was just that being told what to do and not being told what to do. Uh, I'll give you an example about that, and I want to get your opinion when, uh, when we return. Um, I'm talking with Dr. Julie Coffey. Come back after this break. Listening to Start Over, Find Happiness with Lindsay Ellison. Lindsay is a relationship coach and the founder of Start Over, Find Happiness, a coaching practice that helps women navigate through their uncertain relationships. You can also sign up for her coaching program, Thrive, which helps anyone navigate through the disparity of breaking up and starting a new journey. For more information, go to lindsayellison.com. Start Over, Find Happiness will be right back on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Through decades of study, research, training, and personal experience, Kimberly Rinaldi has found that the answers always exist within. Explore the realm of consciousness, the unconscious mind, creative consciousness, and higher consciousness. Apply the tools you'll take away from these conversations and watch your life begin to unfold in ways that will make you believe in magic if you didn't already. Mind Science and Metaphysics, Mondays, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. It's Laughter was such good medicine. Ancient Greek physicians sent their patients to visit comedians to be healed. In the 1300s, surgeon Henry D. Mondeville used to tell jokes to his patients in the recovery room. Dr. Mondeville must have been a bit of a vitzel such. That's the person who tells jokes and no one ever laughs. We laugh six times more when in the company of another person than we do by ourselves. And 30 times more when we are in a group. Laughter isn't under our conscious control. If you've ever started cacinating at school, in church, or at a funeral, you know what I'm talking about. Cacinating is another word for uncontrollable laughter. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Start Over, Find Happiness. Whether you're newly divorced or single or just thinking about whether the marriage or relationship is right for you, Lindsay Ellison has expert advice to share that will help you on your journey toward happiness. She's published numerous articles in Huffington Post, DivorcedMoms.com, Your Tango, and Yahoo, and has been a guest speaker at live events and many TV and radio shows. Let's return to Start Over, Find Happiness on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Welcome back. Talking with Dr. Julie Coffey, who's based in the UK, and she is a doctor who definitely is focusing on some of the good things in life, which is our health. And we were talking before the break about um, kind of the, the negative words that we use, as well as the 
you know, what I was just saying is how um, I need a prescription. I need a step-by-step. I need someone to tell me what to do. And then what's funny, ironically, is I get pissed off at uh, being told what to do. And then I abandon it. And um, one of the things I wanted to ask you was when I tend to get into this place of falling off the wagon, if you will, um, you talk about mindset. And I think there's an unbelievable psychology that happens that I don't even think I'm aware of that I hope, I think you, what you probably do is help strengthen the psychology, which is the beating myself up going, what were you to ever, how could you have ever started that? You know, it's, it's where I, I beat myself up and think, um, I, sh- I should have never done it. Or who are you to think that you could have done it rather than, and the other thing is then I start to make excuses. And so one of the biggest issues, my biggest, biggest problem, and I'm sure you find this, is that as a working mother, entrepreneur, um, preparing meals and making a menu and know, and like being in control of what I eat, um, is a lot of work and I see it as a lot of work. And even though I have the benefits from it, I see I feel better. I, I guess, I don't even know what my question is. I, I just get so frustrated <laughs> that I feel so much better. So why am I not sticking with it? And I know you probably hear that from everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like I was saying it, it, um, in, the, in the other segment at the beginning, we all know how to do better, um, but we can't seem to stick to it. So what's, what's, what am I doing? Why do I do that? What's, why am I sabotaging that progress? One potential reason is that you might, you may not have identified clearly what it is that you want. Um, but that, that on its own is not enough. Um, when I was, um, needing to change my health, um, I, that my trigger was that I'd, I'd got arthritis in my knee in my late 30s um, and I, I kind of knew that I'd be able to get rid of it naturally but I didn't know how um, so while I was trying to find out how I, I visualized most days that I was doing the, the kind of activity um, in my older age that would have been impossible with a knee replacement um, and oh, as, interesting. I, as I was visualizing that every day um, it went from a, a, a worry that I was going to have a problem with my knee to a belief that I was going to sort my knee out to a knowing that I was going to sort my knee out. Um, and as, as that kind of mindset changed, the, well, the information came to me um, when I was learning about health. And that might sound stupid from a doctor, but doctors are actually expert about illness and disease and not so much you know, about the health. So I think I programmed myself that my knee was going to be fixed because I'm still skiing, I'm still walking up mountains and stuff. Um, so as I learned the information about the dietary changes and stuff, it was just like, fantastic, I can put this into practice. It wasn't like, oh, I have to put this into practice. It was fantastic, I've got to put this into practice now. Um, and that was a gradual process. It was a journey for me. It wasn't like, oh, it's Monday and I'm going to start diet. Um, it was a gradual process of, of adding a good nutritious things in. Um, and as time went on, because I was really nurturing my body, um, the, the other, the, the crappy foods were just falling by the wayside. 
And, and this continual programming with the, the visualization and appreciating my good health, it's amazing what that will do to your mindset. It's really difficult to, to explain to your conscious mind. Uh, but, it, you know, you have to appreciate that it's your subconscious mind where your habits are and where your everyday behavior is guided from. You know, this is why we don't understand why we do all these things to sabotage yourself. It's because most of it is in, in the subconscious and it just comes mm-hmm. through. Um, you know, that's the motor that's that's going all the time under the conscious mind. So you need to do stuff to program that, to align it to what it is that you want. And obviously you have to decide what it is that you want and just get all the parts of your mind aligned in that way. And when you do that properly, the, the willpower aspect falls by the wayside. You don't really need the willpower anymore because your your taste and your choices naturally change over time. Okay, so give me, um, if, you, if you would, give me an example um, of, of the methodology or your approach to, it, it's funny that you say um, of your arthritis because uh, back in February I was in Mexico on a fa- just a short vacation with some girlfriends and my shoulder and back went out completely just by turning my head. I was lying down and I was turning my head. And it was sort of the worst pain I've ever, ever experienced. Went to the chiropractor. He told me, uh, saw the x-ray, lots of kind of, I'm not aligned, so I need constant adjustments. And that's around that time is when I started exercising because I thought maybe I need to exercise to, for, to strengthen those muscles. Well, the more I did exercise, the more I did the bar classes and even yoga, the worse the pain got. Um, and I kept going to the chiropractor and he kept saying, you know, you'll get better, you'll get better. It just takes time. And, um, nothing was happening. I stopped working out. The pain is gone. So now in my mind, I think I need to stop working out. Well, ever since then, um, I'm at the heaviest I've been. I, I definitely would like 15 pounds gone. That's what my normal weight is. Now I'm older. So I'm thinking maybe this is my normal weight. Um, but I am definitely the heaviest I've ever been. I don't feel comfortable in the clothes that I have. So do you see all the kind of the different factors that perhaps psychologically I'm, I'm uh, interpreting weight loss to pain? Would you say, what would you make of what I just told you? It's probably all different ways that you could view that. I mean, my initial thought was, because I've, I've done lots of activities um, in the past as well, is um, I think sometimes when you have a, a, an injury um, and you exercise, you continue to exercise through it, you can make it worse. Um, and sometimes even the fittest people can have injuries and you, you have to kind of pull it back a little bit to allow your body to, to heal um, and then go back in little bit more gradually so you know that that's that's kind of on a basic level but also you know your mind is really clever and sneaky it's it's also potential uh, that this could be a kind of sabotage as well Uh, because we can put all kind of obstacles in our way to stop us doing uh to stop us going against our subconscious programming um and and I, i really think that um physical pain can be one of those sabotage methods as well so that, mm-hmm. that's another option. I mean, the other thing is, um, as certainly as, as you get older, um, it is ever more important to nurture your body with the right nutrition um, because 
when you're doing exercise, you inevitably damage bits and pieces. And it's only by the food that you take in that you get the building blocks to put that back together again. So, you know, there's all kinds of things that could be going on there. Right. Well, and you, you know, I think you said the mind is very tricky. I think I have the trickiest mind. (laughs) And, you know, I really admire, I have so many friends that are just so, you know, they go to the gym regularly, they eat well, and it's just, they look amazing all the time. And um, I really admire people who can stick to that. Now, there's things that I can stick with, like running a business and, you know, having a radio show every week and blogging and writing. And I could stick with those kinds of things that some people can't do. So, you know, what is it about um, kind of the my mindset of, of why I can't stick with that? And I want to ask you, and we're about to get on our break, we have a couple more minutes, but um, what... How would you recommend I tackle the mindset? What are some tricks that you would, or tools that um, you would recommend? You kind of already told me already, Lindsay. Um, you've got it going going on with uh, your radio show and your work. Um, you'll be doing something with your mindset that's proving very successful to drive all that forward. And if you right. were in what you're doing there and, and compare it to what you're doing with your health and weight, I think there'll be a big, big difference. Because most people are successful in some areas of their life, <laughs> but not in all of them. Does that make sense? So what would I do? It totally makes sense, but I, it's still a missing component as to what I would do differently. Um, would you say that I should start um, creating a more positive plan to working out, let's say? Yeah, I mean, if you take your working out as one example, what 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 is it that you want to achieve by that? Well, here's the thing: is I hate working out. I mean, I absolutely hate it. I okay. hate it with a passion. I hate lifting weights. I hate going to classes. I so maybe this could that be a problem? <laughs> No, I don't go to a gym. You know, I wouldn't dream of stepping foot into a gym. It's not my my thing at all. Um, it, it's I think it's it's really important that you find something that that you enjoy. Um, and obviously, going to the gym and lifting weights is not your thing. <laughs> you know what it is? I feel like I sh- it's supposed to be my thing. Yeah. Do you ever does that ever happen to your clients? Like it's supposed to be your thing, so then. You know, maybe that's that's the reason why, you know, maybe I have to sit here and assess what it is that I don't like to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't most, know. Pe- most, most people, when they know they've got to exercise, it seems that the first obvious choice is the gym. And, you know, I hate gyms with a passion. I just find it so boring and artificial. Um, and I haven't been in a gym for uh, over 15 years, I'm pleased to say. Um, but it, it does come back to... Why is it, you know, forget about the type of exercise and asking, you know, what is it that you want from it? What, why are you doing it? What do you want from it? Perfect. Well, let's, let's, let's stop there because we have a, our second break. Um, and let's talk about a little bit if maybe, you know, what we can give our listeners kind of some, a few things to, to move forward starting tomorrow. What can you do starting tomorrow? So stay with us and we'll be back.
listening to Start Over, Find Happiness with Lindsay Ellison. Lindsay is a relationship coach and the founder of Start Over, Find Happiness, a coaching practice that helps women navigate through their uncertain relationships. You can also sign up for her coaching program, Thrive, which helps anyone navigate through the disparity of breaking up and starting a new journey. For more information, go to lindsayellison.com. Start Over, Find Happiness will be right back on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Julie Brain Lady Anderson is considered to be one of the nation's top experts on the brain personality connection. And now every week she's here to share her knowledge with you. When you learn to tap into the potential of your natural gifts and the power of the brain-mind connection, the sky is never the limit. As a matter of fact, there is no limit. Tune in to Brain Lady Speaks with Julie Brain Lady Anderson, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Are you ready to go beyond happy and to live joyfully? Tune in to Lessons in Joyful Living with Kimberly Rinaldi. Kimberly believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers. Each week, Kimberly shares from decades of combined experience to help you go past happy and get to joyful living. To truly stand in a place of peace, joy, and abundance and know that it's calling for each and every one of us. Lessons in Joyful Living, Tuesdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Welcome back to Start Over, Find Happiness. Whether you're newly divorced or single or just thinking about whether the marriage or relationship is right for you, Lindsay Ellison has expert advice to share that will help you on your journey toward happiness. She's published numerous articles in Huffington Post, DivorcedMoms.com, Your Tango, and Yahoo, and has been a guest speaker at live events and many TV and radio shows. Let's return to Start Over, Find Happiness on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Welcome back to Start Over, Find Happiness. I'm talking with Dr. Julie Coffey. And she is the author of the book, Living the Slim Life, which is uh, always one of my biggest goals, <laughs> is living the slim life. Um, so we were talking before break, you know, what are some of the things that if I, I mean, I've given you a little bit of my issue, right? How, yeah. how would you um, suggest that I change my mindset starting tomorrow? The changing in mindset is often a, a gradual thing. So the first thing is accepting that it, that it is gradual. And like any skill that you learn, um, you, you'll have little hiccups on the way. But one of the, the, one of the most important and powerful things that you can do with your mindset, and this is so easy to do, um, but it's one of those things that's easy not to do as well, um, is every time, because you, you've said that you, you beat yourself up when things go wrong and when you're not sticking to the diet. Um, every every kind of beating yourself up thought that you have, like, oh, you know, I can't stick to a diet or you look in the mirror and you think, oh, I don't like the way I look or, you know, that kind of thing on and on. Every time you have a thought about that, that is it's like um, some a little anchor around your ankles that is stopping you or at very least slowing you down towards where it is that you're going. So it's kind of twofold, really. You, you have to kind of have an idea in your head what it is that you want 
Uh, and it's fantastic if you can go into your mind and visualize that to the point where it feels completely real and it makes you feel wonderful. You know, the, the better it makes you feel, the more you're programming the subconscious mind. So you kind of, it's like, it's like uh, getting in your car and programming the sat nav in. Um, and then what you want to do is each time one of these negative thoughts come up and, and you, you can know that because you start to feel crappy. Um, it's allowing that thought to, to just go. Um, you can just allow those thoughts to go or, or not engage with those thoughts. You know, a lot of people have kind of arguments and discussions in the head about themselves and beat themselves up about falling off the wagon of the diet again. The more you begin to let those go, and change them with with another thought, and it doesn't even have to be about weight. It just needs to be a positive thought. Now, when I was going through a difficult a difficult um, area of my life, and I was attempting to let go of the negative thoughts, the easiest thought I could drift to would be a, a, an image of my dog, um, and I would feel positive again. Because the happier that you feel, the more positive that you feel, you will naturally start to go towards your goals because you have not got the little things hanging around your ankles the negative thoughts if that makes sense yes yeah so you're saying I love that because you know this is something that I often encourage people to do when they are wanting to meet someone you know maybe the new love of their life let's say and um, it's something where I have you visualize this person before you even meet them and yeah. I'm um, making a list and getting as clear and detailed as possible. And this is something that I personally did uh, prior to meeting my husband. I really made a list. And it, it got to be so fun that I was like almost imagining this person so, so close to me. Um, I knew it was going to happen soon. And it really did. It was really wild. And it happened to be he lived around the corner from me all those years that I was there. And I didn't know it. Um, and I remember meeting him and I said, oh my gosh, you're the guy from my list as a joke. So is that what you're saying to do almost before you take action, just start visualizing it? Oh, absolutely. Um, because you know, nothing in this world um, can be created in its physical form until you've seen it in your mind, you know? That whoever invented the wheel did it in their head first before they they created it in the physical world um and you know if you've not seen it in your mind and gone to it in your mind how do you know what it is that you want how do you know when you get there how do you know the things that you need to pick up and do on the way if you don't know where you're going um and, and the visualizing as i was saying previously it's a way of beginning to program your subconscious mind towards what it is that you want and aligning that very very powerful part of your mind aligning it with what you want but uh, you know the subconscious mind is a different animal to the conscious mind it responds to emotions mm-hmm. um, you want to feed it good emotions um not the bad ones because the bad ones are going to keep you stuck where you are um or make it painfully slow to get anywhere uh towards where you where you want to go yeah um okay i love that i i i'm actually going to try that and and start visualizing um what it is that i want and and i think there's so much truth and even though i'm a coach and i say i always say to people you know and i'm more about relationships and dating and marriage and things like that 
Uh, so I often forget the very relationship you have with your health. That's definitely not my strength. And um, so I think you're right. I'm always saying I don't want to go to the gym. I don't <laughs> want to give up wine. I don't want to um, go to a class for an hour. And I think a huge part of my mental um, thing is I lose uh, work hours. You know, there's no good time for me to work out in my head. You know, that's an excuse. Um, So let's talk about the food we eat. And um, what are some of the biggest mistakes, nutritional mistakes that you see uh, people make? I think the biggest issue is that you know in Western countries it seems to have been it seems to have been become cool to eat a crappy diet. Um, normal, it's it's just normal to eat sort of refined processed food, junk food. It's it, everywhere. It. Um, I was going to say it tastes nice, but it doesn't to me anymore. But a lot of people's taste buds have been conditioned to like this kind of food. Um, Mm -hmm. And the trouble with this kind of food, you know, I'm talking about things that are made out of white flour, you know, white sugar, white rice, all the stuff that's been processed in some way to take out a lot of the nutrition. So what what you're left with is food that has more than enough calories in there, but it's not got the nutrition. It's not got the the smaller nutrients like the vitamins and, and the minerals and the, you know, the natural protein and fiber that was in these foods before they were processed. And that's the biggest mistake that people make because what they're doing is they're feeding their body the calories and more than enough calories. But because your body needs more than calories, you know, it needs nutrition and nutrition's the, the smaller the the smaller nutrients. So you've given your body loads of calories, but your body's still unsatisfied because it's not had all the other bits and pieces that it needs. So you can be in a position where you've eaten far too many calories, but you're still craving food, where in actual fact you're craving nutrition, you're craving real food. So that's the biggest mistake that that people make. And it's just become so normal, you know, in the US and in the UK to eat this nutritionally almost dead food that's been refined to an inch of its life. And it's just really plate full of calories without those original vitamins and minerals and all the other kind of stuff that that should be there so you know loads and loads of calories but not the nutrition so body you know you can be really really fat and be malnourished and be deficient of all all sorts of things but your body's looking out for them so you know people can just eat loads and still be hungry because their body is hungry it's just not for calories yeah and i mean i i I definitely agree that we are conditioned to eat poorly. And unfortunately, um, our lives are so busy and it's, it's really difficult to find, to stick with it because I mean, like I said, um, the four, uh, when I was eating really well, what threw me off was four days of travel. And so you're dealing with airport food, which is, absolutely horrific i mean there's there's no point in even eating a salad because it's disgusting so i would rather eat a hamburger um and and french fries because that's what's that's what they specialize in 
and then going out to dinner and um, you know finding places with vegetables and and even eating breakfast. I mean, what I like to eat for breakfast is a small piece of whole grain toast with peanut butter and some bananas. Like it's probably about three hundred calories. But then you go out and then you're you, you, the only thing you have is a bagel or eggs, and it's now a six to eight hundred calorie breakfast. Mm. So the problem with with that is, I think for those who live a busy life, you have to plan. You really yeah. do. I mean, if you're going to travel on a plane, you're going to have to bring a, a thing of food, right? Yeah, I mean, if, if I'm if I'm traveling, unfortunately, I don't have to do too much of it. Um, I, I do a combination, you know. I, I'll take some food yeah. as, as a pack up, but inevitably, in some situations, you're going to be faced with eating rubbish food. Um, and the way I try and get my message across to people is that you don't have to be perfect all the time to have a really great body and great health. So when you're in these these situations, you know, if a hamburger is the best option, you know, eat it and enjoy it. Um, right. Or, you know, in other occasions, because I, I kind of work to the, you know, if you're 80, 80, 85% of the time, you're giving your body the nutrition it needs. Um, and then, you know, one night you think, actually, you know, I really fancy a hamburger and fries. And you sit down and you thoroughly enjoy that. Well, fine. But that's when you do it sort of 10 15 percent of the time is not going to harm your health um so likewise you know when you're on your you're traveling and you find it yourself in these these situations it's, it's thinking about what you do most of the time um and what you do most of the time is what counts uh and then when you have these um either intentional well i'm not even a slip up you know intentionally you eat some food that's not great or you find in your situation where there isn't any other choice unless you starve you know it's no big deal if if you're getting it right most of the other time and you'll get it most uh, mostly right the rest of the time if you've got your mindset working right right yeah so um we're about to come on to our final break i'd like to get your opinion on certain kinds of foods that have been making media headlines. Um, I think the media aims to be helpful, but overall it's not because you hear so many conflicting things, especially with social media. I mean, you could read one article on how drinking wine has sugar and it's bad for you. Then you'll drink another, see another article that says drinking wine every single day improves your health. Um, I love to drink red wine. It's my favorite thing to do. I mean, I love to have a glass of wine when I get home from work. I absolutely love it. Um, and so, and then, then there's the gluten free and then there's all this other stuff. So I'd love to kind of get your input on that. Um, we'll be back talking with Julie coffee. Stay with us. Listening to Start Over, Find Happiness with Lindsay Ellison. Lindsay is a relationship coach and the founder of Start Over, Find Happiness, a coaching practice that helps women navigate through their uncertain relationships. You can also sign up for her coaching program, Thrive, which helps anyone navigate through the disparity of breaking up and starting a new journey. For more information, go to lindsayellison.com. Start Over, Find Happiness will be right back on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. 
From quantum physics to metaphysics, cryptozoology to conspiracy theory, energy healing to angels, on Into the Light Paranormal Radio, we're here to tell you that just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it's not real. Each episode, Kitty Janice, Kimberly Rinaldi, and their guests have one goal, and that's to bring another conversation and another bit of consciousness into the light. Into the Light Paranormal Radio, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Welcome back to Start Over, Find Happiness. Whether you're newly divorced or single, or just thinking about whether the marriage or relationship is right for you, Lindsay Ellison has expert advice to share that will help you on your journey toward happiness. She's published numerous articles in Huffington Post, DivorcedMoms.com, Your Tango, and Yahoo, and has been a guest speaker at live events and many TV and radio shows. Let's return to Start Over, Find Happiness on the Lessons in Joyful Living Radio Network. Welcome back to our last segment of this show. I'm talking with Dr. Julie Coffey. We're talking about health, and I was about to ask, what are some of your um, thoughts on kind of the latest trends in eating? I think gluten-free is one of them. Um, you know, there's there's vegan now. I mean, vegan's always been around, but there's always these trend diets, and I think... Um, Kind of the, I was just seeing this um, guy get interviewed yesterday on TV on um, I can't and I wish I remember the name of his Good Food Bad Food or something. He just it's a new book, and then he was writing about you know we've got the the issue of are we eating real food? Oh, real food, fake food. That's what it's yeah. called. Yeah. And um, and he talked about how fish really isn't fish. If you go get sushi, it may not really be fish. <laughs> um, if you have lobster bisque, the chances of lobster being in there are slim. Yeah. So what do you do with all? And I think a lot of this is so overwhelming that we often just don't do anything. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting because, um, like you say, you get conflicting uh, information um, from media and things like that. Um, and I would, when, when you look at information, I would kind of look at the source um, and and question the credibility of the source, uh, considering what information they're giving you. Um, and when it comes to the media, really, there's not much credibility there at all, um, you know, depending on the author. So how I do it, and I think this is where, you know, being a doctor and having a medical degree behind me helps. Um, I can kind of go to credible sources for the information, um, read it, um, and on the background of my medical degree, make sense of it, uh, and make a decision whether I think that's right uh, and right for me, because I, I never sort of recommend anything to people that I, I don't do myself. Uh, or I don't think it's healthy because my health is the most important thing to me because, you know, when you've got that, then everything else is is potentially going to be great as long as you've got your health. So it's really important to me, which is the reason that the information I give is is really important. Um, I feel like I've gone off on a tangent now. I can't remember the <laughs> question that you've asked me. Let's 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 tackle the gluten free. Right. That seems to be the new craze. It's almost like it was fat free uh, 10, 15 years ago. Um, I, I have given up gluten and I have absolutely seen no difference. So really, I mean, no difference at all. Uh, I know some people 
people have true celiac disease and can't have gluten. Um, but what it, it, is not having gluten better in your diet? That's a, that's another really interesting question. And gluten's gluten's quite a potentially scary one because when you you, know, you think of gluten, I mean, gluten is the the major protein in um, in a lot of cereals, particularly wheat, uh, but it's also found in in other cereal grains. Um, well, one of the things that I and bread too, right? Yeah, yeah, and bread. Yeah, it's in bread um, and pasta. Um, one of the things that I learned, which I found quite frightening, was that when you think about gluten, you, yeah, you think about celiac disease, that people that can't tolerate gluten because it has a terrible impact on their their gut. Um, it triggers an autoimmune disease where the body attacks the gut lining. What I didn't know was that if you look at uh, everybody that is sensitive to gluten, only 10% of those will be celiacs and the rest of the people will have some other kind of health problem, um, usually um, autoimmune based. Uh, and other autoimmune diseases, other common ones are rheumatoid arthritis. Um, the, probably the commonest one is um, the thyroid problems and people end up underactive with their thyroid. Uh, less common but frightening is multiple sclerosis. And, and there's, there's strong links with gluten sensitivity to these horrible illnesses so it's a potentially a lot bigger problem than most people think and I didn't know all of this and I'm a doctor um, and I had to dig deep to find this and one of the problems Lindsay is that um, as, as human beings were evolving they didn't really eat much in the way of grains it was only about 10,000 years ago when agriculture uh, took off that, um, that human beings started to eat grain. Um, and then if you look over the last sort of five decades where wheat in particular has been mass produced, there's been lots and lots of manipulation to the, the wheat plant, you know, to make it um, produce more wheat. So you can get more wheat um, in a given area um, and then you need to produce a wheat that's drought resistant or resistant to this particular disease or can tolerate this kind of pesticide and stuff. So right. all, of this, all of this has changed. All of this has happened to uh, mass produce wheat, but nobody's had a look to see if the end product is still healthy for human consumption. And what particularly has changed vastly is the gluten in that type of wheat. Um, it's become much more difficult for the body to digest uh, and make use of. And this is why the incidence of, of celiac disease and other wheat related problems are on the up. Um, and that doesn't mean that everybody's affected by it, but it does mean that people can be affected by it without knowing until they get something potentially quite horrible. Well, so it sounds as though, I mean, it could be pretty, um, it can yield quite a few pretty horrible diseases. Um, so would you recommend avoiding it even if you don't have one of those diseases? Cause I mean, we could all get them on the road, right? Yeah. I mean, I certainly considered that, but it's quite a big deal. I mean, it's not, it's not quite such a big deal uh, cutting out mass produced conventional wheat. Um, and I did a halfway house where I didn't eat that kind of stuff, but I would eat perhaps bread made out of spelt and other older grains. Cause although I'm still having gluten, the gluten in these kind of grains, so it's a lot easier to digest. Um, you have to forgive me that I've not got this information at hand, but I decided to have this quite specialised blood test to to see if I had a gluten allergy because if uh, if I had a significant problem with gluten, I would be motivated to become gluten free. But right. it, 
it's a big deal becoming gluten-free you know easy to do at home but if well, if you go around to your mum's for dinner and she's made cakes and or if you go out for a meal it's, it's really really tough to do so I had this um this this blood test and found out that my my sensitivity was actually very low but despite that blood test I still choose not to eat very much of it at all because I don't really see it as a great great thing to have yeah that's interesting and, you know, um, what are your thoughts on, here's another, you know, question I think people have is dairy, you know, um, and, and I get, you know, you're talking about the grains and, and um, what, what the caveman diet, basically, and we all, we, we never ate that stuff. Uh, I don't know if we ate cheese or dairy or, or milk. I know that affects a lot of people. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's you know when you think about milk, it's a it's a funny one that that humans should eat because if you ask anybody, would they as an adult um, or even as a, a an old enough child who's been weaned for years, you know, would you drink um, right. human breast milk or cheese made out of human breast milk? Most people would be horrified, wouldn't they, and just throw their hands right. up and just think you're proper weird, and yet we we do it from a different species. Um, so totally, when, it is weird. It is weird, isn't it, when you think about where it's come from. So, you know, with milk and everything made out of milk is actually food for a baby cow. Um, so it's it's a weird one. And you kind of have to think, well, is that natural for a human being to eat? I mean, my gut feeling says not really. Um, right. I, again, because I'm very much, you know, 80% of the time I'm going to do all this stuff that's really good. Uh, and other times if I fancy other stuff, I relax. So I haven't excluded that kind of stuff from my diet. But because I really don't rate it as particularly um, health giving type foods, I have very little of it. But the, the times that I do, I enjoy it uh, because it's nice. Um but yeah, that, that, there's a lot of allergy-based stuff with the proteins um, based in milk as well. And when you think about what it is, you know, food for baby cows, you can begin to see why it might create problems in a human body for some people. You know, I heard um, that if you're going to have cheese and milk, um, I mean, all of that, there's a lot of fat. Even if it's, you know, it's better to have more uh, fat fatty you know if you're going to drink milk i i heard it once you start to strip the fat you're actually stripping the nutritional uh pieces from that diet that milk so if you're going to have milk i mean the best would to have a whole whole milk that's clean from a happy cow um because all of these cheese and dairy products contain a lot of fat and that fat often creates quite a bit of toxins and that basically interferes with your own fat so it's very hard for you to lose fat if you're having a lot of that does that sound right am i saying that correctly yes and no um you're quite right about the the fat being stripped out i'm not sure if you call it the same in in uh, america we know we have full fat milk we have semi-skimmed milk and then skimmed milk um Mm -hmm. and and the more fat that you take out of natural products like that you're actually removing all the fat-soluble vitamins as well, uh, which is what I was talking about in one of the other the, the segments. You know, the more refined a food is or, or a product is, uh, the more nutritionally yeah. dead it is, and, and your body's going to be crying out for these fat-soluble vitamins if you're eating low-fat products of a real thing. Um, but when it comes to weight, Lindsay, it's not actually the fat that we eat that's the problem. It's the carbohydrates that are the problem mm-hmm. because... 
the way that the body works when you eat carbohydrates like your bread and your pasta and your cereals to, to cope with that your body produces insulin to sort the sugar out because carbohydrates are basically sugar when they're broken down and absorbed into your bloodstream uh, and when your body produces insulin your body's laying fat down um, and when your body has got insulin floating around your body cannot break fat down when you eat fat in its natural form like in, in a full fat version of milk or a full fat yogurt or full fat cheese you don't produce insulin hmm. completely different but it often depends what you're eating these foods with. But the fat, when you eat it in its natural form, is not a problem. Yeah. I have, um, you know, I started going to the farmer's market, um, which we have here in the summer. And I, I found this farmer that does um, raw butter and raw milk it's not it's a, it's slightly pasteurized so it's you know it's, it's not gonna go sour in two days yeah. um but it's whole milk and i get the raw butter and i put that raw butter on spelt bread with some cut up berries or something and i will tell you it it keeps me satisfied all morning just and i think it's because it's from the fat would, would that make sense absolutely so That's good Absolutely. I mean, when I was on my kind of health journey and experimenting with my diet and changing it, I, I used to have something like porridge or, or oatmeal in the morning before I went to work. And I'd have to have a mid-morning snack because I was so hungry. Now I have a, a smoothie that's based on avocado um, and an oil blend that's got a lot of uh, omega-3s in there. And there's loads of fat in there. Uh, and I feel quite full up when I've had it. But that takes me right through towards the end of lunchtime. Um, because fat is satiating, it keeps you full for longer. Um, you don't get the swings in heart, in blood sugar that you would if you'd had a real carb loaded oh, breakfast. Good. Well, um, I'm going to cut you. I want to. I want to. I can't believe we only have 30 seconds left. I'm sorry, I didn't motivate you. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. I just wanted to say thank you for for having uh, being on the show today and uh, to giving me full permission to eat more fat and. Yeah. Give- <laughs> And then as well as, you know, I want everyone to think about the mindset. I think you taught me personally a lot today about what is the mindset that you're going to have about changing your health. Thank you so much for being with us and uh, stay with us for the next episode next week. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Start Over, Find Happiness with Lindsay Ellison. Join Lindsay every week for guidance and inspiration on how to navigate your uncertain relationships. Whether you're newly divorced or single, or just thinking about whether the marriage or relationship is right.